At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Morning all, and welcome to another Sunday Q&A. Um, as always, uh, debating the important and topical issues of the week, the really important ones, not whether Boris should remain in office or whether the, 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 um, the build-up of troops on the border of the Ukraine could be a threat. No, Euro 5 or Euro 6. The debate continues. <laughs> With that in mind, I'm going to do what I did last week because there's still mountains on this. It just keeps coming in. So I will do another separate Sunday Q&A, which I should put out tomorrow like I did last week, just about uh, Euro 5, Euro 6. That way, it all links up. So there was the first one, and then there was your comments, and then there's the continuing comments. And it's just if people want to sort of, if someone's thinking of buying a van, should I buy Euro 5, Euro 6? It's your one-stop shop to go to where you guys can give your your, your four pennyth worth, like, you know. Um, and it might help people make a choice. Also, otherwise, this thing just goes on. I mean, we have got the other most important debate of the week, the new introductions to the Highway Code. And trust me, there's enough to do on that, that to do that and Euro 6. You'd probably still be listening to Sunday Q&A on Tuesday. <laughs> so with that in mind, with no further ado, <laughs> uh, to start off with, uh, yeah, uh, C11 Yang says, um, Ian Chibat says, yeah, it's now 2022, Pete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> As I have said before, and will continue to say, most of these things on this channel are wrong, or at least largely inaccurate. So please take everything I say with, with a pinch of salt, including what year it is, because I got the year wrong when I was working out Space 1999, but there you go, like, you know. As Steve Campbell says, Space 1999 has actually been out of date for 23 years. It's now 2022, not 2021. Yeah, only just, though. In fairness, it did only change 2022 35 days ago. That's, really, that's long enough, isn't it, really? You can make the snakes the first couple of days after that. Um, it seems more like carelessness. Mm. So, the Highway Code. Changes to the Highway Code. I had to do a little bit of research, which means I had to Google the, t the top of the thing and have a quick look at the Gov website thing. I was very surprised not to find anything particularly about phones. But plenty to talk about. So, London Creative, that's Nick. Hello, mate. How are you doing? He said, the, the, the Daft Highway Code update, looking at your phone is anally stupid. You're not meant to take your hands off the steering wheel at any time. So basically, it's meant to, if you've got a manual car, you're meant to drive everywhere in, in first gear at all times. It does say you're not supposed to take your hands off the steering wheel unless it's to operate a sort of like, it's, it says on like an external device, which is like relevant to driving, something like that. So if you have to do the gear stick, you have to do the handbrake, it goes without saying. If you have to click the hazard lights on when you're going down the motorway to tell everybody that the traffic is slowing, that goes without saying. But where do you stand if, say for example, 
Um, which happened to Gordon uh, this week, as I found out from Urban Truck, it's going to cost me even more than I thought it would. It's like 785 quid to drive it to the sun because he got diverted, but we'll fight it. Problem is, you've got to pay the money and then you have to try and claim it back. Still, these things happen, don't they? They do anything happen to me anyway. Um, so, what happens if you're driving down the motorway, there's a diversion off the motorway, you're in an 18 ton truck. You look and you think, I know that route. That's taking me under, under a low bridge. That's dangerous. So you then hit your phone to go, I need a different route. You can't stop because you're on a dual carriageway heading towards a bridge or something like that. I think in these situations, everything will be for on its own merit. Because the Homer Code is a guide, as far as I know. It's not like um, it's a guide to what should happen. It's a guide for what you should do. And it's telling you that if you don't do what's in the guide, there's a very good chance that something mean, that something bad will happen or that you will incur some form of penalty. But I think it depends. In each individual bit, they're going to go, well, you mate, scrolling through Facebook is not the thing to do when you're going down the motorway at 70, is it? Like, you know? So it's each individual thing, you know? So anyway, Craig MCG125 says... I don't see how they can attempt to prosecute when the new highway code doesn't get published until April 2022. Once again, it's a guide. Each, each thing on its own merit, like, you know. Uh, Comrade Bismarck says, the pedestrian, now this is, this is, this is something, I think this one will go on. The pedestrian right of way thing is stupid. How do you stop a 44 ton lorry because some idiot isn't bothered to walk a few more metres and wait till it's clear to cross the road? It will be, and actually, um, Gintas Nick says a dash cam is a mush mate make sure to save it. I think in these situations dash cams might become more and more prevalent because then you can go there is a big difference between he was sort of slowly walking across the road and you hit him or you're driving down the road it happened to my father-in-law um, driving down the road and two kids ran out from behind a parked car and you did no chance to see him. And he just went, boom, in it went. The kid rolled across the bonnet. It wasn't going very fast. In a parked car, into a moving car, obviously. If it a parked car, it wouldn't happen. He was driving down the road. Two kids literally ran out. He had no chance. They went across the bonnet. Um, they were fine. It wasn't very, very, very fast. But it was like the shock and everything like that. And then my wife said, I was driving. She was young at the time. And so we were driving to work um, like two weeks later. And we watched him do it again in front of three cars in front. And you're like... What are you going to do with this? I don't think it was an insurance thing. I think they were just idiots. I also know my friend Ange. Um, and I was, it was someone else. It doesn't matter. It's not important. Um, got hit by a car crossing the road. And they said, well, can you like sort of, can you? I said, is there any kind of damages you're going to get? Any kind of health insurance? They said, no, because there was a crossing 300 yards away. And they said to me, why didn't you use the crossing? And literally it was because she couldn't, she couldn't be bothered. I was going from here to the shop across the road, so rather than go there, cross the crossing and round, you can't see that, all you can see is that. Um, I just walked across the road, got in by a car, and they went, well, which I was stupid fault there, isn't it? So it's going to be each individual case in its own merit. But, well, yeah, but then, the, the, um, yes. So, and, and yeah, and, and Lee, because he does beg the question as well. Lee Benstein said, are pedestrians required to use designating crosses or can they just cross where they please? And it does beg the question, well, if pedestrian, I think it's to do more to do with coming into junction. Oh, by the way, there's a Mythbusters at the end. Whoever sent you Mythbusters coming right up. Um, it's sort of like if pedestrians, I think, I think it's coming into junctions. I don't know if it's roads. I think it's coming into junctions you've got to be careful of, you know. Um, but once again, remind, bear in mind the fact I know nothing. I know nothing. Um, but 
Yes, so I, I presume it will come down to each individual case if they merit. Maybe not, if there's no crossings. Maybe if there is a crossing, they will go to the user crossing. Um, Ellie Din says, um, I'm not a massive fan... I'm not a massive fan of giving way to pedestrians waiting to cross. If someone wants to cross the road at a junction, you have to stop. This also means that you are, um, if you're leaving a roundabout or entering a roundabout, you have to stop. I think stopping on a roundabout to let someone cross is pretty dangerous. Again, I, I, I depends. Again, you've got to gauge the road. So say, for example, you're coming down the road, it's nice and empty, but I've done it before. I'm about to turn into a junction. There's someone sitting there. Sometimes I just stop and go, on you go. Because it's the nice thing to do. Oh, my God, thanks very much. That's okay, fine, no problem, you know. It's cost me 20 seconds out of my life. But if there's traffic behind me and there's a possibility that if I stop, someone's going to ram in the back of me and cause an accident, then I don't stop. You've got to gauge each individual separate, each individual situation in its own merit, in my opinion. Uh, T. Jash Patel says, overtaking on roundabouts. I believe historically such a manoeuvre has never been allowed. Um, well... I'm thinking of the roundabout, uh, um, it depends, no, it does. I mean, if you think of the one, I'm thinking, I'm kind of thinking at Hemel, but more importantly, I'm thinking of the one at High Wycombe. There's a huge roundabout at High Wycombe, it's got four or five lanes on it all the way going round. And if there was a horse or a bike on there, you would overtake, you would undertake it necessarily or overtake it i think again it's more along the lines of it's kind of like a courtesy thing they're trying to put in integrate the courtesy thing let's not speed past horses let's not speed by bikes so it is engage drive carefully kind of thing but um on a normal roundabout no because normal roundabouts are resident space but if it's a two-lane roundabout then undertaking and overtaking are likely to happen particularly as a lot of these roundabouts where traffic queue i think uh, Dave Cosy said, but thanks for your point anyway, TJ, I appreciate that. Um, Dave Cosy says, we will always get the stubborn cyclists who sit in the middle of the road because they can, and they're probably the same people who go straight through red lights. My opinion, I'm not anti-cyclist, when I push bikes going to be insured an MOT. This, I think, is a very valid point because there was that thing on the news lately. I say lately, it was probably years ago, I'm old. Um, and a guy had the bike, he had one of them racing bikes that didn't have any brakes, because they don't have brakes, they've got like a single wheel and all that, what's the point of that, we've invented gears, I don't eat with a stick, I eat with a knife and fork, we've, we've moved on, you know, um, and basically ran into someone, either seriously hurt them or killed them, because they had no brakes, and you want to go, well, you've driven that bike really badly, and where's, where's your insurance, where's this guy going to get any damages from, because they're kind of unregulated, I can't help feeling, I do believe that cyclists should have some kind of insurance, both for their own protection, in case someone hits them with a car, and they, you know, you, you get seriously injured, they're covered, and also for protection of others, why not, everybody else gets insurance, I don't imagine it would be dear, you know, it's not like they're paying road tax or diesel. Christ, they've had diesel bills, are they? You know, so I don't think it would be the end of the world. If, oh, I wonder why some... There's one for the boffins. Why has nobody um, in the insurance game thought about bringing out bike insurance? Or maybe they have. Fact, chances are they probably have, and I'm just clueless. Um, Hot 5 and 7 says, When I was cycling as a kid in the 1970s, I was always, it was always drummed in, into us never to ride two abreast. I've never checked at the time, but I'm assuming it was um, already in the highway code. Mythbusters, we're coming to that. Um, having lights and not riding on the pavement were also important, as the police would stop you and give you a slap on the wrist if you weren't complying. There's too much reliance on speed cameras now for all nuances to make the road safer. Um, With the hierarchy of road users, does it mean that a cyclist doing a wheelie into an oncoming car has right of way now? 
I'm going to say, as I've said several times already, it all depends on the individual situation. Now, I believe that if you, particularly if you had a dash cam and you could view it, then the, the police would just go, that cyclist is a nutter. We're going to have him on that one. But if you had insurance, you could go, he's a nutter, and by the way, he's paying for your bonnet. Um, one thing that got me about riding on pavements that did remind me, when I was market trader, I was working on East Street Market in the Elephant and Castle, I remember one particular time because we would, the road was closed, so we would basically set our stall up in the road and then we would stand on a pavement and then all the customers would walk down the middle of the road and they would go to the stalls opposite. I remember one particular time where I was standing on the road and a guy drove into me on a bike going about 10 miles an hour. And it really hurt. I'm like, oh, God. And I turned around and went, sorry. And I went, what am I saying sorry to you for? You're driving down a closed road on the pavement. You've rammed into me. And I'm saying, sorry, he was not a nice guy. He just drove off. I'm like, don't make it. But he was on a bike. Besides, I was taking money. He used to back in the day. Um, Andy Shaw said, didn't hear you mention motorbikes. Andy, I know, I'm sorry. I remember when I was recording the video, I kept thinking, I'm missing something important out here, and I couldn't think what it was. Yeah, sorry, mate. I didn't mention motorbikes in the pecking order. And if I'm turning left into a side road at night in the wet and some idiot um, decides to step out, good luck. Expecting me not to stop while banking and hauling over 250 kilos of bike to a halt, it's not going to happen. Once again, maybe a helmet cam for that one, Andy. Might come in handy. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, and then if it happens, you can go, look, what do you want here? I mean, I'm doing my best, but, you know, you've got to make way for idiots, haven't you? Uh, Godzilla's. Oh, we're on the phone thing now. Ooh. I've got a new phone. I'm recording on it now. Brilliant. It's, it's a massive overindulgence, it really is. I'm going to do it anyway, I'll come back. Um, phone thing. It's um, okay to use a cradle, so hands-free. So I can actually press the answer button and when I put my little headphones on, I'm pleased about that. Don't ever have it in your hand. Previously, if you had a reasonable excuse, uh, it became legal to have it in your hand. Witness a crime so you could use the camera, for example. Now this is gone. You will be done regardless. If you get caught now, the traffic commissioner will take it as a serious offence and will react badly towards it. Getting caught a second time, your HGV entitlement is simply gone. Well, I never put mine in my hand. It's straight in the cradle. I will show you why I'm going to do a video of how this mega new phone works. And I've got a little electric cradle. And I've even got one in Bluetooth things. Pimp my ride. You know, I'm really pleased with it. It's like, it's like the Starship Enterprise now. But it's not. It's just I'm used to using such basic vehicles that suddenly it's like people normal people's cars 10 years ago but i'm well pleased with it like you know as for the hand thing i did get done once back back a long long time ago it must be talking about 15 years ago and what happened was i had one of them hands free things that you put in your ear with a little bit of stick that was down they were quite big back in the day and i had a communicator that's how far back we were going i had a nokia communicator this phone is not your communicator but it's like the digital version of so christ knows how long ago it was and I'll, I pulled up a, a roundabout, and I was talking to my mate on the hands free, and the police guy come by the side of me. I was like, and he pulled me over, and he said, do you know why we pulled you over? And I actually seriously went, no, I really don't. Normally you go, oh, I was freezing, I'll pretend. I went, no. He said, you were using your phone. And I went, yeah, but I was on the hands-free thing, you know. He said, yeah, but you picked it up to make a phone call. Did you not see us at the junction? And I went, no. He said, well, that's not good, is it? But I literally picked the phone up, held down five for speed dial, put it back down on the dashboard, and had it like that. And I got done for it. And I kind of wanted to say to him, and I wish I could go back in time, and went, lads, 
in the nicest possible way, I take on board what you're saying and you're right in what you're saying, but I was clearly trying to comply. He actually said to me, he said, even if you pick up your phone to look at the time and put it down, it's an offence. So, cradles all the way. Um, that sounds like a Christmas song. Um, Robert, ah, oh, right, the Mythbuster. We've got Robert Jameson who wants to put, who wants to put the facts straight. It's quite a lot of this, but I appreciate him taking the time. So here we go, Robert. Robert Jameson. Myths and facts of the highway code changes. Myth. Only drivers are expected to be considerate. Fact. The new hierarchy of road users makes the point that the quicker and heavier modes of travel should be especially careful for those who are more vulnerable. Horse riders should be more careful of cyclists. I put that the other way around, but I'm not sure about that because a horse is, a, is an animal, whereas a cycle is, an, is a vehicle. So, you know, whereas the horse is heavier, the, the horse is also, you can't spook a cycle. So I'm not sure about that one, but I do take your point. And everyone should be careful of pedestrians and be careful of children, older people, and disabled people. Makes good sense. Absolutely. Consideration to your fellow man. Myth. Cyclists are being allowed to ride in the middle of the road. In fact, using the primary position has been advised uh, by the Highway Code for years. So your man who said about riding to a breast and all that, apparently that's been advised for ages. Cyclists should use the centre lane um, and only at certain times. Approaching junctions or narrow roads where the car, um, where a car overtaking would cause danger. Myth. The new rule saying cyclists do not have to use cycle lanes. Fact. Cyclists are already not obliged to use cycle lanes when one is provided. The language has been made clearer, saying cyclists may, may exercise their judgment and are not obliged to use them. I didn't even know that one came up. That wasn't on the government thing, I don't think. Myth. Pedestrians can cross the road at any time. Fact. Drivers about to turn into a junction should now give way to pedestrian, crossing or waiting to cross. The previous version said pedestrians had priority only if they had started to cross. So what they're saying is, whereas before you had to stop if they were walking across the road or start, they'd stepped off the pavement, now you've got to stop if they look like they might be. But what do you do if you turn into a junction? I've done this before. I've done this at crossings. It's really irritating. Because at crossings, it used to be you've only got to stop if they've got one foot on the crossing. But I've done it before where I've got to crossings, and of course you don't, and there's someone standing there, so you stop, and they don't move. And you look at them, and they're like, oh, they're just sort of staring into space. It's like, hey, <laughs> we're staring into space, staring into space two yards away, will you? Um, myth. Cyclists are now not allowed to ride two abreast. Fact. The old version saying cyclists should never ride more than two abreast. Um and riding single file on narrow roads or busy road was vague. The code will now say you can ride two abreast if it's safer to do so, particularly in larger groups or when accompanying children. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. 
experienced riders, which is fair enough. And also, it does say there are certain times where you guys need to pull over. And I think, again, consideration your fellow man and common sense in a certain situation. If you've got a queue of you've got a car that's been, I think if you've got a car that's been sitting behind you for three minutes, five minutes, while you're doing 15, 20 miles an hour, it's trying to get past, just move over. Stop for 10 seconds, let him go past and go on again. Because all you're going to do is wind him up. And if you're going to carry on and wind him up, sooner or later, could cause an accident. Myth. Drivers shouldn't be expected to know... Drivers should be expected to know this fact. Recent coverage has focused... Oh, that presumably is on the title thing. Myth of drivers should be expected to know this fact. Recent coverage has focused on support, on supposed confusion and ignorance. Many of the changes amount to good sense and common courtesy. Exactly. However, other elements riding to a breast have been in the code for years, but are routinely unknown for by drivers. So that's just clarifying that. Mate, thanks very much for all your contribution. I mean, I was a bit vague. I didn't do a lot of research. I'm a busy man. Um, but... Yeah, appreciate it. I hope it helps others too. Steve at SDC Services says, said it for ages. Right, and this is to do with the phone and the dashboard. I actually did one on this one, and I never actually put it out because, you know, it's the exchange, and I don't want to upset them because they might say we're taking your membership away. But he says, said it for ages. Bidding on jobs at 65 mile an hour is just nuts, but we have to do it to win jobs. By the time you pull over, the job is gone. And it's a problem. It is a problem. But you bear in mind you've got an app that is got, that is actually geared up for drivers and every quote you see is e-quotes only. E-quotes? What, you think I'm sitting on a computer? How can I e-quote? We can, because we've got an office. But most of the owner drivers, and I was an owner driver when I started, and I still kind of operate as an owner driver, are relying on getting them jobs quickly. So how can it be e-quotes only? How can it not be that you need to set up a system where they have to take a phone call? But then from a shipper's point of view, I know that if you're sitting there and then you put a job on and say the phone rings 20 times, yeah, 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 you just really want to see the prices and click one. If you're listening, people at the exchange, something needs to be done about this. Because I've often wondered that uh, if one of us did have an accident and you went to court and you said, look, I'm trying to feed my family here and this is the only way it works, would it come back on the exchange? It's an interesting question. But again, I shall leave that to people wiser than me. And finally, with Steve Campbell says the Dutch don't open the door with their left hand because they, they, they use their right hand to open the door as the door is on the left. <laughs> oh, actually, if we're passengers, we, do we still use our left hand? I don't really mind, Steve, to be honest with you. Um, I, I'd imagine the Dutch are probably too busy um, eating crisp breads and walking around in clogs. That's not stereotypical. That is actually true. All, all Dutch people wear clogs in windmills and eat them crisp. I just don't like them crisp bread things. They're really nice. Actually, I've been to Denmark. It's a lovely place. So, yeah. Thumbs up, 21 from Denmark. Uh, right. Z3. Oh, yeah, got new phone, which we're recording on right now. I will. Like I say, I've been using it for about a week now. It is a massive indulgence. But um, it has made my life a lot simpler. And it has, it's, I really like it. I mean, I can't justify the cost in any way, shape, or form. But I really like it. And I will do a video showing you how it works, because I've got the Oscan things. Um, Osmo things, and so I can show you how it works in practice, which will be nice, won't it? <coughs> Tony Mason says, someone is taking the money. No, Tony, someone is not taking the money. Someone just went and bought a phone, which you really shouldn't have done. 
We pay on monthlies with these things. If you didn't pay on a monthly, I'd have to sell a kidney. It's a shocker. Uh, London Creative says you need to do the Osmond Osmo film thing. So you can have um, and how you can have to. The two apps open at one thing is brilliant because I've had a problem with Waze shutting down, and now I can have Waze open and I can have the Exchange open next to it, which means when I'm pulling in, I can actually I've still got the address of where I'm going to. You know when you pull in, you go, "What's the name of the company again?" And then you stop and look it up, and then you drive off for thirty seconds, and you go, "What's the name of the company again?" It's there. It's great, but it'd still be cheaper to buy two phones, possibly even three phones running at the same time. But um, I'll show you. Uh, Jim Bob says, I've still got an iPhone 5, works fine. You're dead right, Jim Bob, stick with your iPhone 5. Uh, and he also says, get a tough case so your phone won't break. Have bought a tough case. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting phone insurance. That's probably sensible. Uh, Big Carol says, I would just get the phone insurance and claim it. Uh, then again, any excuse for an upgrade is good. Yeah, I can't do that. I don't like them insurance things. You know, people, I've known a couple of people. I've got mates, uh, well, mates. One of Lisa's mates um, done the phone, you know, bought, bought a watch on a credit card from Selfridges and then, you know, put it in your bag and say that you um, left it in the back of a taxi. For a start, they just send you a new watch and you've got to unload the watch somehow. But I just, I don't do that because all that does is put everybody else's insurance prices up. So I'm sorry, my friend, I can't go down that route. I'm kind of a bit straight when it comes down to this stuff. But um, I'm thinking about getting phone insurance because... The optimistic Ken says it's a good idea. It's when I dropped my iPhone, the, the, the screen, picked it up, the screen was utterly smashed. It's a hundred pound excess, but he thought it was only a hundred quid. And I'm thinking, went about twelve pound a month, I think. Oh, you know, it's not that interesting. As this is most things I do, but there you go. So, oh, we got a gym as well. The new warehouse has now got a gym, thanks to optimistic Ken. So I'm going to be super buffed. Probably use it twice. Um. Urban Trucker says, hi, Pete. 100 degree with you in this game. Your phone is like a limb. It is. Um, I couldn't work without mine. I like the idea of having two screens. And Samsung would definitely be looking at one of those things. I would, Nick. I would I highly recommend it. Like I say, I can't justify it. But it's like a computer in your pocket. It's, it's brilliant. It's great. I, I will show you. Um, and Lee Westcott. Um, that's the idea of the video pimping my vans and alterations to delivery drivers have done their vans and lorries. I like that. I reckon there could definitely be... Um, uh, an ongoing video on Pimp My Ride, what you've all done. I want to see videos or things about, this is the carp daybed that I put in, this is the daybed, or the carp bed I put in the back. Here's my little heater that I use to cook, things like that. I reckon that could be interesting to other people. Cause you think, that's a good idea. I'm going to get myself a solar panel charger and that way you'll never go flat. Brilliant. And on a subject to people that know better than me, we're now on to the wise guys. Um, right, Rob Black says, Hi Pete, the Palette Network and your DPD is of this world and you, they rely on volume. Without volume, they're knackered, especially with the rates they're charging. Everyone involved in the process gets a slice of pie. The margins are very minimal and that's why they need the volume. So I assume what he's saying is, and I thought this, if you're charging £40 a pallet, you're not making a lot of money. But if you're turning over a million pallets a day, then that's like, I don't know, 40, what was that? 40 million pound presumably less your exes even if your exes are 39 million pound and, you, and you're, you're making bringing in 40 million pound a day you're still making a million pound a day so I think that's what it's got to be it's got to be massive it's like how can you possibly send a letter from here to John O'Groats for 22 pence or 50p or however much it is now you can't can you but they work on the fact that they're, they're shipping tons and tons and tons of and even then I don't think the um the outskirts make any money, but yeah, I, I imagine you're right. I still, I still want to get into this planet network thing. Um, Daniel Grunberg, transport my superhero transport material. I've got a meet actually in about an hour because I've got to meet him and um, one of our drivers. We've got a taco problem. 
Right, in fact, no problem. We've got a sort of, uh, how did that lorry move there for that amount of time? We've got to find that one out this morning. Um, he's doing it. And he's, he said, I've got three, he's got three trucks on the bounce now. And he said, I've got two Euro 6s and one Euro 5. Got a very good deal on a man. He says, it's lovely. Um, and because he only does Stevenage. So I'll go ask him about this this morning because I think it's something I could be missing out on. Uh, 101 Truck Limited says, slightly off topic, Pete. Um, you've got to do a video on the Pro £70 fine for parking on the curb. How do they expect trucks or even large vans to deliver anywhere if everyone parks on the road? I bet you come to some tight spaces when you were cars on both sides of the roads are on curbs. I've seen people stop in the middle of the road. Uh, why do I get the feeling we are being called tax without tax now? I totally agree with that 101 truck. I don't know anything about this 70, 70 pound fine for parking on the curbs. So if anyone does know anything more about it, but certainly with all the zones. I mean, we want the one that's coming out tomorrow on Euro 5, Euro 6, uh, Godzilla's has done a list of all the proposed zones. It's going to be da 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 da. It's going to have to machine gun it just to get it out quick, like you know, because there's so many and it's tax without tax. It is, as Dave said, it's um, poor person's tax under the guise of um, the guise of ecology, something like that. It's just nonsense. Right, trucks. The urban trucker. Hello, mate. He says, Pete, uh, about oh yeah, tell me about the London thing. I mentioned it earlier. If we drive into London in a Euro five truck. I'm facing as an operator a £550 fine plus a £130 fine for the driver plus a £100 due list charge at 780 quid. And what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to pay the penalty charge notice and then claim it back. We've got all the evidence we can. We're going to send it out. If we don't, I mean, but the problem is you tell, if they say, no, you've got to pay the fine, it's like, okay, fine. Well, the next time there's a diversion on the motorway and they turn around and say, you've got to come off here, I'm going to tell my driver just to turn the engine off and go, I ain't moving it, mate. I'm just going to see. You have to go round me because if I drive over there, it's going to cost me 780 quid. So I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll just sit here and then you can, you know, you can do whatever you need. I don't know what you can, what is the fine or the penalty for sitting on a motorway because that's just outrageous. We're going to have to fire him. Um, Bell Sization says, um, if you're on lorries, then always go limited because that will help you with your tax and retrofitting. We are going limited at the moment, in fairness. The only problem is if you're going limited, then you have to change your operator's licenses over, but you don't have to reapply. You just have to tell them who the, um, I believe Nick will probably help me out with this one. You have to tell you who the, the new, the limited people are, the sort of who's in charge of the company. But we're going limited, but the only person in charge of the company is me. So, because otherwise you can go, well, you, you've got a company, we've given the operator's license, now you've gone limited, and you've brought in Mr. Nasty, who's infringed left, right, and centre all the past. So basically, he's used you as a figurehead to get his trucks back on the road. But if they go, who is the person, who are the people in the limited company, I was going, that's still just me, shouldn't be a problem. But we're going through that in a moment. Um, I currently do about three to five K a week based on based on five and the higher rate and if i do six days on a class one the key in this game is getting your own clients and not to rely on uh, not to rely on return loads or the cx a lot um a lot of my expenditures on fuel we're also getting a second set of fuel cards because the company that we've been using all they do is they just clock it up so you pay it and you pay and it goes up 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 and you ring and you go you're too dear you're too dear yeah yeah we bring it back down Clock, 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 clock. You're too dear, you're too dear. And it gets tedious. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get two or three sets of fuel. I think Ian's been doing this for ages, Ian Merrick, Ian, with two eyes. Um, Sherwood Forest, Ian, I think. Not Scotland, got that one wrong. Um, just double-checking that one because you're still our man in Nottingham. 
That's twice tonight. Yeah. Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, two sets of your cards, three sets of your cards. And what we're going to say is just email us every week. And the person who comes in with the lowest email price will go with you. And if you don't email us, we won't go with you. And that way they can fight each other. Because I'm tired of fighting them and ringing them up all the time going, two dear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, next week to lock it up again. Hateful. Just give me the best price. You know, uh, fair trade is no robbery. Um, yes, and he goes on to more. But Bellsization, thanks very much for your advice on that one. It's appreciated. We'll see how we go with it. Uh, Matthew Smith says, I totally agree with you. I've been a class one driver for 13 years. A lot of people slate DAFs, but they are comfortable, user-friendly, sensible price to buy and repair. Mine's in for inspection today. Um, I think it needs a new ratchet thing looking at on the curtain, and the wiper spray is not right. But other than that, it's fine. Um, it's okay to get a scan your Volvo, but they're expensive to buy and also expensive to repair. Happy with me, DAF. Urban Trucker, it's not surprising that you see more DAFs on the road in the UK than any other. Mate, DAFs sold double the amount of trucks than anyone in 2020 with Scania second and Volvo third. Mercedes was in fourth place and Man in fifth. DAF has the biggest dealer network in the UK along with one of the biggest production ranges as well. It, I could be wrong, but I think that the DAF XF is the biggest selling truck in Europe. It's that thing. It's like the Transit. You know, I always preferred Mercedes to Transit. Ken drives a, a, a VW. They're nice vans. We always used to have LT35s back in the day, the ones with the engine in the middle because the cab was up front. Um, but if you've got a transit, you can guarantee there's going to be double the amount of dealerships, double the amount of parts, and they ain't dear. So DAFs are kind of like that to me. I'm happy with my DAF, it's fine. Um, Tony Mason, can't go wrong with DAFs, been driving them for years and never let me down. Back on the sat now, Road Lords is powered by TomTom. -Tom. That gives some confidence. I wish it did. That gives me less confidence than the idea of buying a TomTom. -Tom. Because I kept thinking maybe I'll go Tom Tom, Tom Pro, and bear in mind where Road Lord sends me, like go go down go down that narrow, narrow alleyway that leads into a pool. I'm like, hmm. well, not that bad, but a lot of the time it does send me down narrow roads. And I'm thinking, I know this area, I really don't need to go down there. So again, Waze is working for me. I've gone back to Waze, still in Waze, but then I'm only seven and a half done. That's not an issue at the moment. Maybe I've always said when I go bigger, I might go and get one of these Tom Tom things. If you want to send me one for free, I ain't watching. Uh, and we're on the miscellaneous now, which is just short this week. You know, uh, Steve Campbell says he oh he's uploaded the video with the circuit thing. Steve, where have you uploaded the video, please? Can I have a look? You text me. We spoke. We've been to the pub. He had a coke. You don't drink. Um, text me. I'll have a look at it. I'll see if I can pass it on to him. They, they, they want people like you. Uh, and Martin says, quick question. It can work both ways. Um, but I'd like to see some some mixed views on the multi drop, right? And Martin, I do stuff on the multi drop as well. We do the multi drop monthly. I'm going to put this out on that as well as well. And also, I'm doing a video for the circuit channel, but it ain't going out now till January, February, March. So I'm making them ahead of time on the unexpected, the wear and tear on the vehicle due to the multi drop. He says, well, on the multi drop, do you leave your engines running for the sake of 40 seconds or turn the ignition off every stop, trying to weigh up the cost of fuel versus starter motor over the years? I know vehicles are, uh, you know, vehicles should be locked up in the, the engine off for insurance reason, but how many people actually do that? So once again, the wise guys on that one, which is better, leave it running or turn it off? I don't know. I'm not Mr. Multi drop. But let's get back to Martin on that one, please. Um, and Hal Stokes says, can anyone please help me? I want to start my own career business and I want to know how much it would cost. I'm thinking of getting a used Euro 6 van. Probably the best way to start, mate, is jump on the exchange. That's what I did. That's what a lot of the guys on the channel do. 
it's the best live platform it'll get you up and running and then when you're on the exchange get your own end users because that's the way forward or try uh, to try to just start on on, on that with, with your own end users is difficult so i would in my opinion it worked for me so i hope it works for you and in conclusion Paul Stanwicks says, raving hard. I haven't heard that phrase since 1978 while standing in a shed in Chelsea. That's for me, yeah. Raving, we used, my dad always used to use the word raving all the time. He's raving, you're raving mad, raving mad. Well, um, Hot 5 and 7 says, I can't remember where I heard this. And I don't have the citation, but I think I heard the teaser. Oh, we're back on the Yorkshire tea thing. Still trying to work out where the Yorkshire tea plantations are. He says, um... I believe the teas are blended in order to complement the local water, how hard and soft it is. I'm not a tea drinker, but if that's the case, Yorkshire tea should taste good in Yorkshire and Cornish tea should taste good in Cornwall. Okay, where's, where's, where's me Luton tea? You could get some Luton tea plantations. You know, we've got a lot of space near me on Keys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of countryside near me. Let's get some, let's get some tea plants. Let's get some tea plants planted. I mean, there's frost out there, but I'm sure they'll be fine. Um... And finally, we have Steve Campbell, the nefarious Steve Campbell, finishes off as always. <laughs> he says, uh, Steve Campbell, it is illegal to have James... Oh, because I said about spinning James Bond number plates to get around to the U-list. Uh, it's illegal to have James Bond number plates fit your car, but it ain't illegal to carry someone else's plates, and it's not illegal to hide your plates. I didn't know that. I find it difficult to believe, but I'm sure you know. And finally, Steve Campbell's week this week is... Um, Bit of bother last week on Thursday while cleaning the bins. He's out cleaning bins at the moment. I got detained for 20 minutes by Northumbria Police on the A167 on Durham Road in Gateshead. I pulled up to clean a few bins from numbers 299 to 317. Just so happens there was a mobile speed camera van parked up front where I parked. So I thought it was a British gas van. After cleaning a few bins, the police arrived and wanted a word in my ear. I got off uh, with blocking the camera accidentally, which it was an accident. However, Friday just gone, I arrived at work and the boss wanted a word. The speed camera van set the company uh, NIP because I got flagged by the camera van that Gay said for a seatbelt offence. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. Worry about you, mate. That's it. It's only Q&A. Uh, I'd like to say, I'll put, I'll put uh, Euro 5 versus Euro 6 out tomorrow. Um, yeah. Onwards and upwards, everybody. Hope you're out there. Hope you're well. Hope you're taking care and taking money. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.